Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. Guys of a Certain Age, back on your podcast app or platform of choice. It may be an 8-track. It may be vinyl. It may be a special edition 78 RPM piece of plastic. What were the Sony things? Not The, the mini disc? The mini disc. Mini yeah, disc. yeah. Or DAT. DAT. Or Digital real audio. Wait, no, that digital, was digital audio tape. tape. That's right. No, I'm thinking about the mini disc. Yeah, but it looked mini, like a little CD, right? I, I think I've got one around here somewhere. Yeah, I remember you had some. Yeah, yeah, mini disc or uh, eight track or um, three, no, seven and a half inches per second reel to reel. That, oh, okay. that would that Thank would you. be the probably that's the, the audio files uh, uh, music medium of choice. Yeah, or carts. Remember the cart oh, players? Oh, yeah, very well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, this is Robbie Copeland's guys of a certain age. Which Jay Reed? No. <laughs> Art Shirley. With Art Shirley as yeah. we just pontificate That's right. about audio platforms. That's so, right. Did you have a reel-to-reel player growing uh, up? We had a small reel-to-reel player. It was like, uh, you know, probably about, um, I don't know, maybe uh, eight inches wide, you know, yeah. about six inches. And it looked like the ones they used on Mission Impossible that would blow up, doom, right? Doom, doom, and doom, uh, so we doom, had several doom, reels doom, doom. that uh, we were able to transfer a few years ago. Uh, right before they did disintegrate, but they just kind of yeah. fell apart as we were playing them for the last time. But we never had a really, you know, big TAC or I mean, we did at the radio station. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, got to use those, but we never had a really. I've always wanted one. Did uh, did the radio station unit? Uh, did it have a splice block on it? Yeah. So you could splice. We actually had two, and a lot of times what we would do rather than splice is you would do a live cut in. So we did a lot of commercials that were donut holes. And, uh, you know, you would have the lead in and the, like it was grocery stores, especially one yeah. of those that did that. So you'd have a jingle and somebody talking about something and then we would record the live read, uh, in, you know, for whatever the special, you know, yeah. you know, whole chickens for, you know, a dollar and a half or whatever it was. <laughs> and then it would come back into the jingle. So you had to make sure you were timed just right. I miss live radio. Yeah, I do too. I, you know, this this is this is fun, but uh, live radio just brought with it its own set of challenges. It, it, we it, do this pretty much live anyway. We do, like we, we do. We, yeah, we 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 do a little bit of editing, put uh, the intro on, and cut the break up. But yeah, uh, you know, we we don't yeah. edit anything else. So. That's really, yeah. But uh, uh, splicing tape. I yeah. mean, you know, what folks don't realize is how. It wasn't that exact. I no, mean, uh-uh, it wasn't. It was. You were lucky if you hit what you needed to hit to cut out. Yeah, and, and then the, if you cut, once you cut, it's cut. It's cut. That's yeah, right. and then you, yeah. you splice it together yeah. with basically you know cellophane tape. I was gonna say, yeah, it wasn't anything special, and there you had no way. You know, it was analog, so you had no way to digitally know where you were. You just kind of had to you know feel it. You have to learn. Yeah, learn what uh-huh. what that meant. Yeah. So wow. All right. Well, that was a whole episode. That's right. Thanks for audio. joining us. Yeah. Sorry, Jay wasn't here. Well, this would probably have been the most Jay-centric episode because we're talking about you know technology that was relevant for popular mechanics right. in the sixties right. and seventies. Right. So I remember one time seeing a, um, I saw an ad. It was oh, it's one of the uh, automotive magazines, JB something. I cannot remember. We would get them at the house where you could order automotive parts. Yeah. And if I remember correctly. You, you you could buy car stereos out of it, and uh, it wasn't like Crutchfield or anything. It wasn't anything high end, but uh-huh. they had a dual cassette in car 
No kidding. Radio. Yeah. Wow. So you could you could either play one to the other or you could dub on the go. No, you yo, oh my gosh, it actually had a record feature. It had a record it? feature in <laughs> so it. So you're sitting there and you're going <laughs> <laughs> And and you know, the thing is the uh, you back in those days, you know, you're pulling your your alternator charge your battery as you're going yeah. and you'd have battery surges that's right and, and yeah. you would have I, I would just imagine you would have those dc motors going yeah you know yeah. as you're as you're recording yeah. so but anyway that's neither here nor there nor yonder yeah. um so but we let's need to, we need to record a podcast at some point with that well you know it's funny i've got a couple cassette recorders still yeah. Yeah. and somebody gave me a stack of blank TDK really? cassettes. Wow. Oh, that was the gold standard. It, it was. Yeah. It was. And so uh, we should have. I thought I had some in here. I, I guess I need to bring some yeah. in. Yeah. I've got uh, one at, at the office, a, a deck, that you know, recording deck. Well, no, I'm talking about the, the, the cassette tape. Yeah. So, yeah. so we should do a podcast on. That would uh, be fun. Record it on cassette yeah. and see. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really fun. Or, or we could, you know, do a podcast and you could just go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Dolby that, B. That's right. Dolby B noise reduction. Uh-huh. So don't talk to me about audio unless you know what Dolby B really is. So um, let's jump into some geeks real quick. I, we really don't know who's got yeah, what. So I just, uh, more DC uh, movie news with uh, Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. The question has been raised of whether Amy Adams, who played Lois Lane uh, to Henry Superman in... I guess three movies. Yeah, Superman Returns, Batman v Superman, and, and Justice League. I think Justice she's got. League. I mean, she had you know uh, smaller and smaller roles in each of those movies as time went on. But you know, they're thinking if they bring in, if they're bringing him back, surely they're going to bring her back too. But they haven't talked to her yet. She's. It sounds like she's up to do it if they do call her. But at the same time, if they decide to recast, she said a lot of people have played. Lois Lane, she's happy to have been a part of it and will support whoever they choose. So I think she can kind of, and I do wonder too if it'll be like, well, you know, if it's something that's worth doing, I might, you know, be there. But, you know, if it's just another. Or if the paycheck's big enough. Paycheck's big enough, I'm sure we'll do that too. But yeah, so anyway, the, she's not there. Another casting thing, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but, you know, we've talked about James Gunn and, and Peter Saffron or Saffron. Uh, are now the heads of, uh, or as we refer to them colloquially, as Peter Gunn. Peter Gunn, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's right. That's how we're shipping them. But um, uh, they're heads of DCU Studios now, and uh, they uh, Peter Peter Gunn, James Gunn has uh, solicited fans. You know, let us know what uh, hero you haven't seen that you would like to see in the DC universe. And one fan favorite, I've never been a favorite of this. You may like this guy, Lobo. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of I thought he always felt like he was DC's answer to Wolverine and to a and, and to Jason a Momoa or Momoa. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, Jason Momoa yeah. is a favorite to play him, and I'm thinking he already. It's not like he's you know was formerly Johnny Storm in a failed Fantastic Four movie, and they bring him back later as Captain America as they did with Chris Evans. I mean, there's still movies in the works, Justice League. So I don't know how they're gonna do that. But I'm almost interested in them trying just to see what James Gunn pulls off with that. I think he would be a better Lobo than he would be. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. yeah. But it would be kind of fun to have some Justice League scenes where he's like sharing the screen with himself, you know? It's, yeah. It's like, you know, maybe he's an alternate universe version of uh, Lobo or Aquaman 1. Yeah. You know, so that uh, that's possible. But anyway, that's interesting. So you never liked Lobo? I never reread Lobo. I mean, I, I, Lobo came about pretty much. After I was, you know, through actively reading comics, you know, I, I know the character who yeah. he is, but I can't remember ever reading 
a story or whatever. Now I've seen him in uh, Justice League Unlimited yeah. or, or maybe just the first Justice League, whatever. But um, I, Jay, I mean, Jay, he was in JLI, right? Justice League International. Was, uh, was he? Okay, but I'm talking about the the show. Oh, they, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. His gotcha. character into that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Justice League International. Uh, so I just not not as familiar with him, but I always felt like, again, you know, it's like oh, they're trying to cash in on the Wolverine anti-hero thing yeah. here going on. So, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of, well, no, it's not really DC. Um, saw something interesting. I was trying to find a Doctor Who geek. Yeah, so that's your goal, right? And that's my goal. And so one of the things I did see was they're they're talking about going back to the original bronze Dalek. Um, model from the 2005 series Uh because you know dialects if they came out as pepper pots they were very and when they premiered in 63 or maybe it was early 64 they were very low uh low tech low budget let's get it where we can to make these creatures and doctor who's kind of stayed true to that for the most part yeah they've added all kinds of things like r2d2 can now fly right you know dialects can now fly even though there was a plot point years ago about dialects not being able to go upstairs yeah you know but anyway i i digress a little bit there it looks like they're going to keep their they're going to go back to that bronze dialect from 2005 which really doesn't mean much of anybody i thought that that's the only doctor who news i could come up with but i did find something very interesting from she hulk we talked she Hulk. Okay. A couple of uh, weeks ago, of course, obviously Charlie Cox has come back as Matt Murdock as Daredevil. Memorable, um, memorable piece there in in, in She Hulk. There was some speculation prior to She Hulk dropping that Jessica Jones, played by Kristen Ritter, yeah. would make an appearance, uh-huh. and she did not. Even though it would make sense that. Jessica Jones and Jennifer Walters would have some sort of relationship since one's an attorney, one's a private investigator. Yeah. Well, apparently there was an Easter egg in She-Hulk when Jennifer Walters is going through her uh, contacts on her iPhone or her iPhone-like device. There was a Jessica with no last name Ah. in the list. And if you could see everybody else's first and last name above and below, and it would have, if there had been a Jones... It would have been in that particular That's where it would place. Have okay. Yeah. So uh, they could have had they could have shot it with Jessica Jones on it and just come in and and, and mapped it out, rotoscoped it out. But yeah. uh, anyway, so speculation that Christian Ritter may be back. Yeah. Uh, now Matt Murdock's love interest, I can't remember her name. I know, and I just saw that. Uh, she I'll... said she is not. The actress said she has not been contacted. Yeah, she's up for it, right? She'd yeah. love to play the part again. But Very she is Amy. Not, yeah, Amy Attic. Adams esque, yeah. Except I think she's more willing to and hopeful of getting the job, maybe even than Amy Adams is. If you could get Foggy Froggy in, yeah. So, um, oh, I was going to ask you who. So, who's your favorite actress to play Lois Lane through the uh, years? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, you know, it, Noel Neal who played. Uh, the first on-screen version of of um, Lois Lane, and then played the second one for the TV series, has always been a favorite. But I, it's for me, it's got to be Margot Kidder. I mean, I think that's. Um, and I tell you what's what's interesting to me is uh, when you see her uh, screen test, she really, really nails it. They they did some stuff with her hair, and I guess to make it look more like the comic book character of the Tom, and which always looked fake. I think maybe being have even been a wig in the second one, 
But uh, yeah, she's uh, first and second ones, especially. She was she's definitely my favorite Lois Lane. What uh, yours? Uh, probably Margot Kidder. Um, I love Terry Hatcher in. Uh, yeah, I thought she did a great job too. Yeah, the what was it? Uh, Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah that was in the Further Adventures of the Lois, Lois and Clark. Clark. Yeah, um, I thought Dean Hatcher was a really good. Superman. Yeah, I thought she was. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but Terry Hatcher, I mean Dean yeah, Dean Kane, Dean, yes, Dean, Dean Hatcher, Kane. I did it wasn't quite right. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought he was good too. I mean, I, I enjoyed that show. I thought it was a neat take on the the thing. Um, but but Terry Hatcher, I thought was yeah. great. Erica Durant's or Durant's or whatever, who was Lois oh, from Smallville. Smallville. I she, was, she was really good. Too. She was great, but she wasn't the traditional Lois character. No, uh, she wasn't. There, no, nobody yeah. in that show was was, was traditional. The traditional. Yeah. yeah. So I think Margot Kidder's who I yeah. will go with. I forgot about Erica Durant. Yeah. Durant. Uh, Deborah Ann Wolf is the actress that played Wall. W o l w o l l. Deborah Ann Wall is the Daredevil actress. Ah, sure. Yeah. Gotcha. What? what? Huh? Did yeah. we talk about that today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. It's like, who? Yeah. who's this person? When uh-huh. did she play yeah, Lois Lane? That's right. So. <laughs> she wants to play Lois. If they can't get Amy Adams, she said, I will play Lois Lane if I need to. That'll be good. She could play Lana Lang better probably than uh, Lois Lane. Probably so. Probably yeah. so. All right. That's going to wrap it. We're going to talk magic when we come back. And magically, we may be able to have Jay reappeared and give us his geek oh, of the week okay i think he's out traveling we were going to try to catch up with him so it's to be tuned to cj next and not forgotten it's jay reed via telephonic device i just made up a word telephonic 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 like telephonic yeah telephonic jay how are you i'm a little bit weary i'm at the tail end of a trip um let's see Drove about five hours, four hours last night, and then tonight uh, or today, almost to my son's house in North Carolina. So we're at the end of a long trip. Buddy, we're not going to talk about traveling. I got up at three o'clock yesterday morning to get to the airport and didn't get home till six thirty last night. So, oh my okay. goodness, Art's the one who's who's had the little the lush life, I guess is what it is. So I don't know that. Art would agree with that. But anyway, let's get your Geek of the Week. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be anything like our Geeks of the Week. So what what you got this week, Mr. Reed? Well, I have uh, un, uh, a sad note. I'm, I guess I'm going to take, I don't know if Art's got an obituary this week or not, like usual. But um, I, I got word that um, a gentleman named Mehran Nassimi Karimi, I, I probably butchered that, and I don't have my phone. I have my phone to my ear and not in front of my eyes, so. But uh, we need Mehran to get you some. Karimi. We need to get you some AirPods. Some AirPods. Well, I've got some. I do. Just don't have them handy. I uh, got you. All right. All right. Go that ahead. Would be a good idea. Anyway, this gentleman, um, you may not know the name, but you probably are aware of his story. He lived. He was an Iranian, uh, not a refugee, just an Iranian citizen who. I know. Um, who, I know this story. Yes. Okay, so he lived in the Paris airport from like 1988 to 2016 maybe something yeah. like that I, it was a long time and uh court and you know now that his story was most likely the inspiration for a couple of movies the terminal which is the one with tom hanks that steven spielberg did and then another one called lost in transit in 1993 that was a french film won a bunch of awards and it's in its genre but um yeah he uh apparently lived in the airport for all those years, and then I tried to kind of follow his his life after that. He was 
kind of in and out, never really left France, um, different from the movie in that he he could have left. His, there's a bunch of different stories about why his papers were, were not uh, available or, you know, all the kind of things. Different from the movie, but the same idea. He actually lived there, ate at the fast food restaurant, slept in the corner, that sort of thing. Um, and then was away for a while and then just recently moved back wow. to the airport in September and then was only there like two months and then passed away. Oh, so I, my gosh. I didn't read, you know, did he pass away actually in the airport at the McDonald's or anything like that. I didn't mean to just shame McDonald's, but I kind of did, didn't I? You, you, um, you did. You kind of did. Yeah. Maybe he had a Mac rib. Oh, oh yeah. A Mac rib. <laughs> there you go. Well, bringing, bringing it back around. Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of fascinating because I didn't, I'm not sure if I knew there was an actual story. Um, they say that Spielberg bought the rights to his story, like, Two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars or something, um, but didn't use it, uh, you know, as far as the details go. But certainly the inspiration for that movie and uh, the other Lost in Transit film. Interesting. Did you? Uh, I saw um, what was it? The Terminal. I saw the Terminal. I've with never it. seen the Terminal. Yeah, it's good. And I didn't oh, see Lost in Transition either. Great movie. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll I, have to watch it. I don't know that I qualify it as great but it was pretty good Maybe I won't watch it. it reminds me a well, lot of still, go ahead no no you go ahead there's still um there's something that i quote often i probably haven't quoted around y'all now that i've said that but there is a, an older indian gentleman in the movie who um kind of i guess he's like a janitor and tom hanks does whatever i forgot what his name was in the movie but it, tom hanks is trying to trying to get some information or, or get something done or trying to get some help. And uh, the Indian guy says, do you have an appointment? And, uh, you know, Tom is like, uh, uh, no. And, and he says, too bad. And he goes on. But, of course, they become friends at the end, you know, by the end of it. But but uh, I love that line. Do you have an appointment? I don't think I've ever heard him say that. Have you? Or? I've never heard him say that. Now he's going to say it all the time. Yeah. Or yeah, get you will sick now, of it. For sure. Yeah, we'll get sick of it, and we'll need an appointment with the real doctor to get over it. I guess so. All right. Well, anyway, well, very so very fascinating good. story, and I'm sorry I can't be there today, but uh, gonna get to see Jacob and his new house and his lovely wife Lindsay, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Just a kind of a kind of a longish weekend, but we we decided to drive because flights were kind of crazy. And, yeah, and uh, we we tired. I bet. I bet you are. So, all right. Well, we're going to talk magic. We're going to make you magically disappear. That's right. Well, okay. Y'all have fun. We'll talk to you next (laughs) time. All right. Safe travels. All right, CJ. All right. Bye-bye. Well, we got rid of him. That was quick. Woo! All right. Well, thank you, Jay Reed, for being part of our our conversation. I'm going to now end him off the FaceTime. Now he's really now gone. he's off the FaceTime. Now he can't hear us. We can talk about him really badly. So yeah. no. But that, I I'd seen that uh, that piece uh, earlier in the week. Okay, I missed that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't realize he that the that that guy of his certain age was in the Paris airport that long. So. I didn't. Yeah, I, I I feel like I need to go watch that movie though. I, you know, you should. It's okay. great. It's a really really good movie. So it's a lot of fun. But um, anyway, yeah. There you go. Cool. So we, I was in Vegas for uh, this last week, and Bonnie and I went to go see David Copperfield. 
which made me think, hey, we should talk a little magic. Magic. And uh, so... I was, Actual magic. Well, well more mag- illusion. But yeah, illusion. Not As opposed to, I was thinking as opposed to wizards and things that we normally talk about. Yeah, that's real magic. Yeah. This is... Magician this is, type stuff. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever seen David Copperfield in person? I've never seen... In, no, I never have seen him in person. Um, I don't know that I've seen any big... I've seen magicians in person, but I don't know that I've ever seen a real celebrity magician in person. Yeah. Well, it... it we wanted to go see a show, uh-huh. uh, and Copperfield's one of the longest-running shows at the yeah, MGM Grand. I mean, how old is the guy now? He's, He's 66. Okay. Well, is that old? <laughs> He's just six years older than I am? I think he's just six years. Let me look at that. Oh my gosh! He, he looks well. You could tell. You could tell the hair's dyed. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a, he had a little bit of a jaded. Uh, oh, a little bit of a jaded hair about him. Like he he'd been doing it for quite a while. He was born in '56. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So 66. that puts him at '66. Wow. Um, and maybe I'm just thinking he's been around longer. You know, when you when you first mentioned this, I was thinking, who is the first one I really remember? You know, being out there. And to me, it's Copperfield. For me, it was Doug Henning. Oh, I forgot about Doug Henning. Yeah, Doug Henning, you know, just the crazy hippie kind of thing from the 70s, whereas Copperfield, I think, really came into in the 80s. Early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. He did a, um, I think he did an ABC special, then CBS picked him up, Uh I think it was. Right. And um, so, but, you know, his thing was incorporating a story yeah. As the trick happened. Right. And he did a lot of that at his show. His show was worth it. I mean, we went, we sat kind of up front. I got the, I got the elbow bump David Copperfield. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't cool. really want to, but Bunny's like, he's cool. You should do it. And he was doing it with everybody else along the road. So, uh, it was definitely worth going. The illusions were impressive. Yeah. Um, he did this, uh, he did this trick where he had things written out on a piece of paper. They took uh-huh. a photo of the piece of paper. You gave him your email address. He emailed it at 721. It had like six numbers on it and some other facts. And those, he picked three audience members at random and they derived those six numbers, which um, he had emailed us at 721. So that was pretty fascinating. He appears, um, he appears on a motorcycle in one of his cloth clear cloth illusion boxes right okay you know and so they go through his assistants proved you know you can go through here here here's a light then they bring up the cloth and then there he is on the motorcycle that's cool so that that was pretty cool um he did uh, a couple of other tricks he made a spaceship appear over our heads wow yeah well, that, okay, where were you we're at the mgm the david okay. copperfield the mgm grand the david copperfield theater at the okay. mgm grand he how does, long has he been in that theater he's been there for quite a while yeah does the show two nights a week wow uh, i mean two two shows a night seven days a week and they go dark i think uh around christmas or the holidays but he he does this show constantly he's got it down pat I'm not going to say he looked disinterested, but he, it just was, yeah, it's just another night. That's right. You know, um, and he's worth several, several, several million dollars. Yeah. Now now he was married or at one point with the, involved with uh, some supermodel. I think. Yeah, he was. And let me see, uh, Claudia Schiff. Schiffer. Schiffer. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chloe Goslin. Goslin is now his current partner okay gotcha so yeah he was with claudia that is she's probably famous too she probably is too but um anyway his uh his tv specials were what yeah that's what i remember seeing those too and abc yeah you were right about that which abc seems to be kind of the channel of magicians for some reason because it seemed like that's what is it david blaine 
Who's the guy that does that will lock him, you know, bury himself somewhere? I, don't, I, I can't don't remember know. who that guy is either. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, but another magician from the 70s, I remember, and I didn't really think of him as a magician until you mentioned one of the acts that David Copperfield did was Kreskin, you know, the guy that would sit oh, there yeah. and go, more of a mentalist, I yeah. guess. He would be able to pull these numbers out yeah. and do things. But, um, and then Doug Henning, you know, almost seemed like a cross between, I don't know, Elvis and a Muppet or something. I don't know what the deal was. He had a bullet before mullets or a permed mullet kind of look. And I would always get done hit Doug Henning and Gallagher mixed up. Oh, yeah, and Gallagher just passed away. Yeah, that's right. We mentioned uh, Kevin Conroy last week. Gallagher passed away. But yeah, very much of the same. <laughs> Yeah, of the same type of throw a little George Carlin in there, right, and you put right. him in a police lineup. Now, which uh, one is which? Yeah. So, but but uh, um, but Copperfield, I remember him making the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah, and I remember him making uh, going through the Great Wall of China. Yeah, and you know his first his first big trick, the thing that put him on the map. Doing some reading afterwards, was he made a leader jet disappear? Yeah. Everybody thinks it was a 747. It was actually, actually a Learjet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was really the first one that, is, I mean, Doug Henning was popular celebrity kind of stuff and, and okay. But he, but uh, he David Copperfield was the first almost rock star. Like, yeah. Because uh, Henning would go on The Tonight Show. Yeah. And, yeah you'd and, see him. And he yeah. probably had a couple of specials too, but never yeah. to, the, I don't think, to the degree that, and it may have just been a product well, of the time, you know, but. But, you know, Copperfield had that rock star good look. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah, that, and Henning did not. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he had that, uh, he had that kind of suave. You, you he see, made it seem kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you could see that, I uh-huh. mean, you, he could play James Bond. You yeah, know? absolutely he, could have. Yeah. He had uh-huh. that, uh, that uh-huh. air about him. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, his illusions are, are just solid. His yeah. stuff is so incredibly yeah. solid. Um, there were things that we couldn't quite figure out. And yeah. I kind of, you know, there's a there's an uh, AMA on Reddit of someone who worked for the show said, you know, what what do you want to know? And the, the spaceship, the way they make the spaceship appear is actually the spaceship supposedly is made out of styrofoam and balsa wood. Okay. And it has a big helium balloon inside and they pull it out into the over the audience i mean literally it was five feet over my head oh wow and you could feel the air and whatnot uh-huh. and they 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 push it out from the stage in pitch black and you know there it is yeah so but there's some things you just yeah he he's always called himself an illusionist yeah right right um but i also saw that there was a uh he did a trick where he made members of the audience disappear. Wow. And, uh, you know, one guy got injured during the trick and sued him. And so Copperfield had to appear on the, the, the stand. Uh-huh. And he basically gave away, he, under oath, he had to tell how one of his tricks was done. Wow. And it, uh, you know, it was a bona fide trap door, go out, go up, pop uh-huh. up, there you are. And uh, so, anyway, which was kind of sad to see. Yeah, that's too bad. And as I was researching the stuff, you know, Bonnie's like, you're going to ruin it for me, aren't you? You know, so I'm not telling her anything yeah, else okay, about But, I mean, you know, those David Copperfield specials were very memorable. Oh, yeah. You know, that was something that, that was must-see TV. Yeah, absolutely was, yeah. You know, and before you could capture everything on YouTube or uh-huh. Hulu or what have you to as your eternal DVR, yeah. you watch those and you were just – of course, back then, television did not have practical or digital special effects. Right. So what you saw is what you saw. Yeah, and they were, I think for the most part, at least shot live. They may have actually been live. Yeah. But they were certainly recorded live. And they, 
you know, I won't say they didn't use any television tricks, or whatever, but they tried to shoot it where the illusion came from what David Copperfield did. As I don't think they ever use any kind of TV tricks to do anything, yeah. you know, like change the angle of something, but you know, um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so Las Vegas magicians, I guess Penn and Teller are still out there doing a show. Or, yeah, yeah. There are a couple of up and comers, yeah. uh, but we wanted to see one, yeah, you one would, of the classics. You, you'll see, you'll go through Las Vegas and you'll see billboards and you'll see these folks that you've never heard of before, but you can tell just by looking at them, you know, kind of what style. And I know like Penn and Teller have always done a very irreverent type of, you know, yeah. magician. And they, you know, act like they're telling you how they're doing it. And of course they're not that, you know, they, they may tell you enough of a part of it, but you still, you know, are defined by it, but they're fun. Do you like magic acts other than? Yeah. For, for the most part. Yeah. For the most yeah. part. Um, not something you follow around. You're not going to like, no, go, yeah, but no, but, but, uh, but going to them, they're always entertaining. I mean, whether they're even, you know, something part of a, a circus act or, or whatever, they're always kind of fun to go. Well, it's always fun to try to figure out. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so his last trick was probably the most impressive trick. Uh-huh. And, uh, he talked about, he'd got a, a a T-Rex dinosaur him when he was a kid. I think that he named it Marty. That was his best friend, but uh-huh. he lost Marty. He's been looking for Marty. And, uh, the last trick Marty appears, but he's a huge T-Rex that comes out of this box and he's bigger than the box. He's wow. In. That's cool. And, you know, trying to figure out how that happened. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's gotta be one of his most impressive tricks. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, he had a little alien that was animatronic. That was, that was pretty impressive as mm-hmm. well that he, uh, he had an act with. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of cool, kind of fun, but yeah. you know, just that whole idea of magic is, um, I just remember that feeling when you would watch a Copperfield special yeah. and he was really the first introduction for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I did. We did a magic act as a, uh, like a junior high school talent act. A friend of mine and I did one and I can only remember one trick, but you know, it was fun. It's, I think I had a book of like simple magic tricks or whatever. So yeah. we maybe did four or five magic tricks, but it was kind of fun to do that. You know, did you make anything disappear? No, I don't think we made anything disappear. There's a thing that there's a, thing with close magic where you'll make like the salt shaker or the glass disappear under a napkin i remember yeah. doing that but yeah. that wouldn't work on stage very well i mean because you would have to grab the salt shaker with the napkin and bring it up right well what you did was spoiler alert yeah. what you did was you took the napkin and you formed it to the shape of the thing and while you're forming it you actually pull the glass into your lap oh okay. and then the napkin you have a you know you have a, a you know paper napkin or something that's going to hold the shape and so then you sit it there and it's going to look like it's still there and you smack your hand down and it looks like it's um, like it's gone, you know, gotcha. but it's actually sitting. So you wanted something that's not going to crash to the floor, which is why you didn't want to do it on stage because you'd yeah. be sitting there. Why would you be sitting? Yeah. But uh, so that's what you did. Yeah. It's all about misdirection. That's right. That's right. It, it's that's absolutely what it is. It's all misdirection. And yeah. you, if you watch and what I love is to watch the magicians that are telling you that and they think they're showing you what you're supposed to be looking at. Meanwhile, they're misdirecting you anyway, and you're yeah. going right there. And, oh my gosh! And you know, you can even rewind it and see it. There was another guy that remember the guy that had the. Um, he just passed away not too long ago. He used to be on HBO specials, The Magic Bruce or something like that. I can't remember what the guy's name was. We may come up with later, but he always wore like a sweatband on his head and stuff. I don't remember. He was, oh, he was a comedian, and you and you'll see that sometimes where you've got people that are comedians and uh, and uh, do magic acts. So if you only had a device. If I only had advice, I'm looking up to see, but I don't think that's it. 
You know, speaking of Penn and Teller, one of, uh, I don't know if you know or not, but Penn and Teller were guest stars on an episode of The West Wing. Oh, no, I didn't know that. And uh, so they were appearing for Zoe Bartlett's birthday party at the White House. It's the president's youngest son, youngest son, youngest daughter. Wow, got that all mixed up. And, time for you to rewatch the whole series. Yeah, time to rewatch the whole series. And one of the things that was really fascinating was they burned an American flag, but it, they didn't. Uh-huh. And so it was a big thing about flag burning in the White House. It was a pretty fun episode. It was a it was a very appropriate episode. So Magic um, Sweatband guy is pulling absolutely nothing for me. I don't understand. I, what's I would be a, I would be a little scared of yeah. uh, Magic Sweatband guy. It's what, I, what I'm pulling up is interesting. It's nothing you know that you know. Not, it's it's certainly suitable for work. But it's just ridiculous. Sorry, Mrs. Reed. Yeah. So, sorry, Mrs. Reed. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode. We uh, we may J appear. We may, may disappear. disappear. That's right. And we're going to disappear ourselves. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. <laughs>